You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. Coming up this week, is your face being used to work out whether it's your turn to order at the bar? And how have Europe's cobbled streets been destroying a certain type of vehicle all of a sudden? Plus, we get hands-on with the new Samsung Galaxy Note and ask, what is the point of all new phones? And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show, and you'll also hear us looking at how Apple's Mastered for iTunes system works, discuss whether there's finally a market for high-quality streaming audio. And thank you to patrons, including Ivor Hosting, Matt Dawson-Jones and Charlotte Stegall, just to name a few who are supporting us directly and keeping us in supply of clean underwear and pocket-sized shoehorns. You can join them and get access to our weekly sister show, Extra Message, by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Ian, yes. we are back in our seats. We are. We're in person. We are. I can smell you. I can see you. <laughs> oh, I can dear. almost I'm, taste you. can only apologise for that. It has been a long day. What can I say? Absolutely. And the weather has been unfavorable. Muggy. Very muggy indeed. And I've just been on a tube, which didn't work. And apologies to everybody for our extended absence. I mean, we do tend to take a hiatus during the summer months. Because it has been known, yes. It's happened every year since we started the show. Uh, but it's just this one we didn't plan on being no. as long as it was and when, when it was. When did we last do a show? Uh, it was in the middle of July, I think. That's not too bad. Not too bad. But I was in Greece and then... Yes. and then we struggled a bit, didn't we? And then I was in... I had to go to Orkney for a few days for mm. reporting. And then it's just been one thing after another that sort of kept us away. Yes. And we did think about taking August off, but then I thought I don't want to, so we didn't. Uh, fair enough, yes. It was, wasn't it? Well, and we're back now, and it's m- sort of mid-August. Yeah, and uh, welcome to everybody who is listening to us live in the chat room. I can't see your faces, but I'm assuming they're all beautiful. Oh, they are. Because you can't have an ugly patron. <laughs> no, you can't. It doesn't exist. Scientifically impossible. Yeah. A bar in London has trialled a new method of helping serving staff determine which customer to serve next and who may be under age. It's called AI-powered facial recognition. We've heard of this before, but we haven't heard it used in a bar like this. According to Sky News this week, the cocktail bar in Farringdon used the system developed by British data science firm DataSpark... That's uh, Spark with a Q instead of a K, which comprises a webcam, computer and internet connection. That's all to see if it would help people get served more quickly. The company told Sky that it was in talks now with drinks companies, pub chain owners, to roll the technology nationwide, or rather rather roll it out nationwide over the next 12 months. And it sees music festivals uh, as another place, the AI bar system, because that's what it's called, Ian. Mm -hmm. Should have mentioned that. AI bar. That's what the technology is called. Yes. Where it could be deployed. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the system, but I just wanted to ask you your opinion on 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 what I think is intrinsically British and that is the queue. Mm. I, I mean, we've been let's let's be honest, right? We've been queuing pretty efficiently since certainly I would say food rations back in in the war. Definitely Victorian children were queuing for jobs in factories very efficiently. Yeah. And I've definitely got books that said like as far back as the Middle Ages, witches were queuing to be burnt to death at the stake. <coughs> sure. So why would we want to get away of this great British tradition? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to completely eradicate the queue, is it? It just makes the queue more fair. And that's really my issue with all queuing, is that it's an inevitability of having to of wanting something and being in a group of people who also want that same thing. Um, so therefore, the queue um, is essential because that's how we maintain civilization and order. 
but I feel like um, it, where it starts to get annoying is when, it particularly, um, the bar example is a very good one. Um, <clears throat> you'll notice if you're a woman and um, a barman is a man, mm. or the other way around, perhaps, it doesn't happen to me, but I'm sure some men get this, uh, you might get served quicker. Oh, of course, if uh, if the... I'm going to go very deep, deeply into this. If you are attractive to the person serving, you will probably get served quicker than if you're not attractive to the person serving. Mm. I, that's more inclusive, isn't it? That covers all uh, sexualities and uh, genders. Uh, and it certainly explains Banging. why I get served first all the time. Yes, Nate. That is exactly why that is. I mean, that, that can be the only explanation. Yes. Uh, so, um, and for um, uglies like me, that's very frustrating as we stand around feeling invisible. So um, I feel like a good, um, a, 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 an AI system that helps uh, bar staff to go to the next person who's been waiting the longest, I think is a, a very good idea. Mate, even the Ugly Duckling had a famous book named after him. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. No, that's true. Uh, and the Ugly Duckling did indeed turn into a swan. Yes. Uh, but if uh, I've been waiting several years for that to happen, and doesn't seem to be, so I think I might have to give up on it. I like uh, doing uh, uh, what I call padlocky gami, uh, where I can make a swan out of a padlock. Ah. Just turn the turn the uh, you know the, the 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 thing. That doesn't require a ginormous amount of skill, does it? No. Um, also, the um, speaking of skill, yes. Um, the the art of being an efficient serving person at a bar i do think is a is a skill because i've seen it done badly far yes. more often than i've seen it done well which is where you you know when it's done badly you get that situation where you approach a bar and, and the person or rather the person the server approaches you and does that kind of movement with their hands left to right as if to say who who's next and i sometimes <laughs> want to go that's your job. You have two jobs. One is to notice who is next, yes. and two is to serve, serve the that drinks. person It's in an order. Yes. However, I've never been a bar person. I've done lots ah, of customer-facing well roles, but I've never been a bar person. So I don't have first-hand knowledge of actually how difficult that is and well, whether this solves a problem that needs solving. It's It shouldn't be difficult. Um, I, again, though, it does depend on how busy it is. If it's very, very busy, you might find that the bar staff are um, unable to see who's coming in. Uh, and, you know, in what order. So that means that it, it does become more difficult for them. Um, I, I, when you were doing the whole hands thing then, you know, trying to find out who was next, that reminds me of the uh, Mitchell and Webb sketch, you know, Hank Flankel's uh, patented hand, pa- hand yeah. thing, which is one of my favourites. Well, the daft thing is the whole uh, padlocky gami is from that exact same series of the Mitchell and Webb is book. It, really? was, it was a little subtle joke there for anyone who's a Mitchell I, and Webb fan. Oh, I am a Mitchell and Webb fan, but I didn't pick up on that. I mean, amazing. Yes. What was your point? Um, that's how they're trying to find out who's next. Oh, yes. In the same way as patting your flanks helps you. Like, I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, it's such a thing. And the yeah. scissors. The scissors to find the book. That no, you're the scissors. On the you find the scissors. Yeah. Um, so this system is being tested, and I can see this being a thing. I mean, I wouldn't... Let's talk about the facial recognition. It's not recognition, though, is it? It's facial no, identification. It's, it's numbering of people as they appear. Exactly. Which is and, fine. But it is. There is this angle of figuring out whether somebody is is lucky enough to look youthful. You know, right. Uh, which I always think now, you know, the older I get, the more flattered I am when somebody IDs me. Because I think, really, like... Could you get this beard and jaded face on a 17-year-old? I mean, I haven't been ID'd for many, many years. I got ID'd once in uh, 
not that recently because I was still living in Ealing, so it was at least three and a half years ago, in a Morrison's, mm. and I was buying, you know, like two potatoes and a single bottle of beer at one of the self-service checkouts. Yeah. And the, the the a lady came over to do the approval, and she sort of she was about to type it in, looked at me, and went, "Are you, are you over eighteen? And I said, uh, "I'm thirty one, and I, and I, you know, I, I'm paying with an American Express." Yes. And she went. You do look very good for your age, then. And I didn't know whether that is that a backhanded compliment. No, it's not a backhanded compliment. It's a compliment. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I don't. I wouldn't like the idea of a system that tracked me between bars. You know, if this no. if this is a kind of system that could be adopted for, by by a use of <clears throat> of chains, there's the risk potentially for that chain. I would say to store that data. Maybe yes. it recognizes that you've been in other bars. Maybe it becomes a kind of a non-physical loyalty card system Maybe. where it knows that if you visit five of its chains in a given, or well, the barman month, says to you, "The usual, sir," and you're like, Ooh. and you're like, "Well, I don't know this barman. Yes. like how do I, how do I know?" Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, and I think that would be quite wrong, and I and I would resist that. But again, it, it, these systems often are. Um, backdoor systems aren't they where you know you start by you start by saying to people well we're going to make the queues better and then you go well you've all seemed to like the better queues how about we keep track of you permanently and without your consent and well i don't know if they could do that could they because gdpr rules make it impossible but keeping your data uh, would be bad i think i've just had a thought do we have such a thing as self-service bars ah well I went some time ago to see a a little trial that was, I think, Barclay Card. I wrote about it for Forbes. I did a video. It was essentially a contactless thing. So you uh, put your you put your pint glass in the automated tap. You tap your contactless card, and it gives you a measure of beer, a pint, obviously, as that's mm. how we measure beer. Um, and so, how did yeah. it how did it know that you were over eighteen? That's a really good question. Thank it you. It didn't. Oh. It was a um, usual situation whereby the bar staff would be expected to keep an eye on you. But again, uh, I guess if you... Um, the thing is, you could use someone else's credit card with that, so it would be quite difficult to, um, to, to you know, authoritatively say you were over 18, even if you had a credit card where that's the minimum age. Uh, but I guess if that was ever going to roll out, then this system might be a good backup for that or, you know, present your... I don't know, driving license or whatever first. And actually, this is interesting because the other day I ordered groceries from Amazon Prime now, which we do quite often. And I, I wanted, I bought Kate a bottle of wine as a, as a little bit of a surprise. I knew she'd had a tough day at, at work. And I did have to sign on, on the delivery guy's um, phone. I had to put in my, da- my, my date of birth yeah. and, and sign it and things. But, you know... Is that his responsibility? Oh uh, yes. In this instance, yes, it, it, it was. Is, yeah. You know, he. Yeah. Had, he I mean, but would he ever actually turn around if 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 a child or somebody who let's say was eighteen but looked mm. younger? He might do. Mm. Depends very much on how much he cares, I guess. But. I suppose so. I know there was a system. I think it was in Japan at certain vending machines where I think they were buying cigarettes possibly and and it would it would try and determine whether the person trying to buy the cigarettes from the machine was over was over 18 mm. or whatever the legal age there is i mean in the us drinking's 21 isn't it yes, here it's it is, 18 yeah. Yeah. but um it's an interesting idea. Just yes. let's let's not track each other between between bars. I wouldn't be yes, in, in no. favour um, of that. And let's keep the British queue. Let's keep that. I tell you what. In Wimbledon, the queue. I've read this. The yes. queue is part of the experience. I've of Wimbledon. done it. The people you meet, the conversation. You get up at five have. o'clock in the morning and you go and stand in a queue for five hours, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a queue. 
Um, they'll be drinking, they'll be eating. It'll be. Um, it, it's almost like a a festival that's quite bad. Yeah, I but you know, so. it, it it isn't a bad experience, and the atmosphere is usually excellent. Yeah. So it, uh, yes. Bit like uh, in an Apple store queue in the launch of a new iPhone or something. Those queues, oh, yeah, I mean, be fun. They, they generally are quite well meet, well mannered, aren't they? And yeah. such, yes. Have you been part of a memorable queue? It'd be interesting to hear that. That's the sort of nerdy show we are. Tell us about you. what's your best queue. Go on, tell us your best queue. Hello at Tech Podcast. No, what is our email? Oh, I don't know. I knew you were going to say that. I know what I... it is. Hello at uktechshow.com. Okay. <laughs> Well, a story I've been working on for weeks at Bloomberg finally made its way into the land of publication this week, which is that Europe's cobbled streets are laying waste to everyone's favourite model of two-wheeled transportation, the electric scooter. Mm. I'm going to read this because you wrote a story, and I, uh, to, I did. to not do so would be a conflict of interest of some kind. Maybe. Uh, so you wrote that scooter companies are having rapid, having rapidly expanded across the continent, are targeting tourist spots such as Paris and Lisbon. But while the first scooter startups began in California, where the sidewalks are predominantly flat, Europe is full of cobbled streets built hundreds of years ago. Yeah, and actually, that, that's what I, I learned a lot about how this made things particularly problematic. You, t- you take somewhere like Paris, right? A single scooter could be used used up to maybe a dozen times a day in, in some extreme cases. But the models on the street are basically off-the-shelf models like you can buy on Amazon or something. Like yours, for example? Yes, my, my, mine's a particularly good one because I bought it knowing how much I use it. Um, they're not, but most of them that, that, that are being used, they're not designed or weren't designed for commercial use. So they just they just shatter. Um, some of them, I mean, some of them literally last a few weeks. Like they can be really? measured in days for the, their lifespan for some of these Plus places. Plus you've got the fact that people obviously don't treat them particularly well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's why residents in many cities actually hate them because mm-hmm. they, they're it's a mess they're cluttering up the streets yeah. people are throwing them in into canals and stuff now it's not a major problem here in the uk because they're still illegal here but reviews of that prohibitive law that we've discussed in the past are ongoing and so that it, law is going to go away i promise you because it, people are ignoring it yeah they are and if that law is passed then scooter companies would have a big problem here because of some of the roads are, i mean even around my office are hundreds of years old. Mm. You know, they existed for hundreds of years. So for my story, I looked at how this is affecting the design of these scooters themselves. And my answer, it turns out, is a lot. Scooter companies basically had, they had to learn that it was costing them more to buy the scooters um, and seeing them worn out than they could actually make back from that individual scooter over its lifespan. But if they did, when they designed and built their own, they could last as long as two years. And that's what they're seeing in some of these tests now that they're simulating, that the models that they're now making are lasting or will hopefully last a couple of years. I spoke to loads of executives from companies like Bird and Lime, uh, Voy, Tier, Cirque, they all seem to have four-letter names. I don't, <laughs> don't know what that is, but they, they all seem to. And they and they all said that no scooter they're developing would typically last less than a year of heavy use, even on cobbled streets, um, which gave me a lot of confidence that at such point Britain does legalise them, we'll probably have a market composed entirely of the new like the new generation type of scooter hardware, which is good news for everyone because they'll be safer and the streets should be less cluttered with, you know, crap plastic ones... Um, that have been broken trying to jet down Fleet Street or something. Uh, have you won... Uh, sorry. Have you ridden one of these uh, new scooters? Actually, you know, I have. Oh. Uh, and not even that long ago. Um, 
someone had uh, a CEO had brought one over because they were getting some investment, and he had one of these scooters because they needed to take them around some of the VC places. And I did get to ride one around just a little bit, mm. and the difference is night and day. Really? Now, uh, what are yeah. the, what are the main differences? Is this is this a suspension issue? Do these need uh, sort of a kind of well, a better suspension or or suspension at all? Really? This is well. Uh, this is actually part of what was in my story, which clearly you haven't read, uh, which is okay. Uh, no, I, I'm just... just very busy. I do apologise. It that. is true. You have got a job, of course. I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, they so. Firstly, they've got bigger bigger wheels. Um, the steering columns were a particular problem. So they were not designed to be going over these cobbles. So yeah. the, the steering com- columns were, were shattering. Where they're welded to the frame. Yeah, the, thing, there, was no, there was no there was no off. Yeah. Um, they now have suspen- suspension front and back. And they're much heavier as well. Like I found out that in places like Paris... Um, one of the uh, one of the executives I spoke to for this story said people were standing on their tiptoes because ah. it actually helped absorb some of the sort of you know r- the rumbling rumbling of of a cobbled street um, that was like laying waste to some of these scooters. Mm. So that's that's another big thing. Um, but also they've got much 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 bigger batteries, um, so they can last longer between charges. And and actually that what I also learned from this piece is that um, the next big thing. Is going to be swappable bat- swappable batteries because ah, right, almost so. all of them out there right now um, have to be collected. Yeah, of course, and recharged every there day. There are no docking stations for these things. They have Not to be. Yet. You know, you, once they've run out of power, the company has to come and get it, charge it, and then put a fresh one in its place. So. Exactly, and that's going to be one of the next big things. Is that they're being designed around longevity, um, so they have to be bigger. They have to be. They have to be heavy enough, really, that people can't steal them. That's been another problem. Apparently, people are going around stealing them in van, like well, en masse. Yeah, this is the problem, because what you've got in those situations is potentially a very profitable enterprise, because batteries are expensive. Yeah. Um, so if you went around and harvested a bunch of those standard cells, you could make a decent profit out of that, I suspect. So, Or you just hack the off-the-shelf firmware or rip the electronics yeah. out. You basically got yourself a free electric scooter. A free electric scooter, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really interesting exploring the, the sort of the development of these because the ones out there that everyone's seen and getting used to probably aren't the ones that when we do legalise them, mm. we're going to have. We're going to have these big heavy-duty industrial ones that are designed to last for two years and and hopefully won't see the streets clogged up with with cheap plastic crap. That's good. Well, we've had a tweet, apparently. Did we? Oh, we did. Yes, we did, yes. Bad Bear Films said, uh, what are your thoughts on electric scooters and the environment? Well, I... You know, so this is this is what's interesting. I think this is maybe asked off the back of a study that came out a, a, maybe a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, um, that said that the methods of making scooters meant that ultimately the industry was worse for the environment than cars or buses. Ooh. There was a good. I've got a. Um, there was a, a Guardian write up that I found. And now there, there, there yeah. is always a problem with this, isn't there? People, people do mention this. It's the same problem with electric cars, yeah. where there is a sort of perception that making it is, um, you know, bad. But carry on and we'll come back to it. Yeah, well, the Guardian writer... Here's a quote from this Guardian Guardian piece. It says, The team discovered that while the scooters themselves were not particularly environmentally unfriendly... I don't like that double negative. I'm mm. going to rephrase that. Were particularly environmentally friendly, the materials it took to manufacture the frame, the wheels and the batteries, as well as the company's efforts at the end of each day to round up the scooters, charge them and then return them to the streets had significant impact when it came to greenhouse gas emissions. Now, that makes a lot of sense because if you're driving vans, you know, a, a, on a combustible engine to pick up 
hundreds of scooters every evening and recharge them, that's going <clears> to <throat> potentially produce more CO2 emissions. Well, I mean, you should do that in an electric van, surely. That's what's happening. Good. And I found this out. Not widespread. A lot of the companies now are moving these vans to electric vehicles, uh, electric vans. But also there's some company, I think, I want to say it's in Stockholm. I'm pretty sure it's in Stockholm. Certainly one of the Nordic, um, North, you know, more northern countries. They have got um, these like, if you can imagine a, a bike, like a pedal bike, but yeah. with a giant trailer on the back. Right, okay. But there are, the, those bikes themselves are electric. Yeah, very sensible. Picking up the electric scooters, but because it's big, they can take loads of them all at once. And that's caused this other industry to be created where you're, there's a business now for efficiently picking up mm. micro-mobility vehicles. Which makes perfect sense. It's great. You don't want to be... And also, if you're doing that, you don't want to be stuck in a, a big, bulky van driving around London. No. You want to be able to get, uh, if possible, get into, well, dare I say it, bus lanes and stuff like that if they qualify... Uh, giving you much quicker access means you can get to the scooters that are flat quicker, get them replaced, get them ready to go back on the road. I mean, there are some streets around where where I work. I mean, it's the old, it's what used to be old Londinium back, Mm. you know, Roman era. And some of those streets are so narrow, you wouldn't get a van down them. No. If, you know, you would have to get out of the van and go walk and down up. the street, pick it up. That's and where in- these are heavier scooters in the future, that would be even less practical, wouldn't super it? Super inefficient. Super inefficient if they if they launched that here. And, yeah. and I'm sure the case is 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 similar in many parts of the world. Um, but from a from the perspective of a city, well, a, a nation that hasn't legalized these scooters and, and probably will, I think this is all what Europe and the US and Asia has mm. done in learning from their mistakes and from the you know crippling of hundreds of thousands of <laughs> off-the-shelf scooters, we may end up being a market that becomes very advanced from the get-go because they're going to launch only the best ones here, yeah. which makes me very excited. And I found that I found some interesting stuff out. I mean, I, I haven't verified whether this is true or not, but um, a lot there's a lot, there's a perception with um, electric cars and um, electric scooters and the like, and it might not apply to scooters. I don't know how they operate. But um, a lot of people obviously are very aware that the lithium-ion batteries in their phone and their computer don't last a very long time. Mm. Uh, you know, you could be looking at three, four, five years and then it's dead, basically. Oh, you mean like recharge mm. cycles? Yeah, it's typically about a thousand cycles. Yeah, um, although I think Apple says 500, doesn't it, for the iPhone? I don't I think. know. But anyway, but the problem with that is um, <clears throat> when, when you're talking about particularly cars, uh, the big stress point for electric batteries, you know, ch- rechargeable batteries, is taking it below a certain percentage in charge, which is, you know, bad, or taking it over 80%. So most uh, batteries in cars are designed to never be stressed in that way. So the only problem you've really got is keeping the cell cool, because obviously heat is a is a big destroyer of batteries too. Um, so what we're looking at is, I think a lot of people see these things as, well, they're lithium-ion batteries, they've got to be terrible for the environment. But actually, with careful management, they can last, I mean, 10 years or more, potentially. So we could be looking, if, if it's done properly, and obviously a scooter has much less capacity, uh, so maybe there is a temptation to fully charge them or whatever, but it could be done in such a way that this is a very sustainable industry that doesn't just chew through batteries at a rate of knots. That's long, long term. So we, we've, got to, we've got to get there. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I do hope that 
ultimately the industry will get through the growing pains, will get to the point where the models last long, they don't rely on petrol power vans to pick them up and recharge them, and then the environment is is, is better off. Because obviously, where does the electricity come from? Well, right now, probably the majority of it is coming from burning fossil fuels. Probably. Well, but yes, but I mean, again, this is within our, our, our abilities to prevent, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, it, we have got, we could certainly um, improve our nuclear infrastructure. I know it's controversial, but personally, I'm a big believer in nuclear as a, um, you know, when done properly, mm. is uh, perfectly safe. Uh, yes, it does generate waste, but it's I, well, it's that's it. I, I'm 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 less on the nuclear fence. I'm much more in favour of of wind. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I think the ultimate goal is always going to be to get everything as sustainable as possible. That means solar power, wind power, wave power. Mm. Those are great ways of generating electricity. But, of course, they are always going to be subject to the whims of nature and whether or not we've got that particular thing making enough power at any one time. Uh, so I think having nuclear on standby is probably a smart move, and it's a lot cleaner and friendlier to the environment on the whole than gas and coal. So uh, we we should get there. And the UK seems to be doing a reasonably good job of it. Uh, you know, I think we've Scotland is certainly a a very uh, big generator of natural power, and uh, there are obviously a lot of complaints about the look of uh, wind turbines and the such. But I personally find them very appealing. Samsung showed off its new Galaxy Note 10 this week, just a month or so before we expect its main rival, Apple, to reveal its next-generation iPhones. Now, I was at a preview ahead of the announcement. I got to play around with the new phones, and there are two, actually, so we are talking plural. There's a Note 10 and the Note 10 Plus, Mm. uh, the bigger one having a screen measuring 6.8 inches. It is a whopper, Ian, a whopper. Um, So I thought we would talk about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, How does it compare in size to the iPhone XS Max? Ooh, I think that's 6.5 inches. Yes, but in in terms of how it feels in your hand, does it feel bigger? It feels about the same size. Well, that's good then. Yeah, felt about the same size. In fact, yes, because I had I had them both in, in one, mm. one hand, it one in each hand actually, yes. and I did remember at the time thinking they feel about the same, even yeah. though the Samsung screen was technically larger. Well, it is because it, it doesn't really have an edge, does it? It's it's much closer to the you know, edge to edge is very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, firstly, I mean, it's worth noting. Ha! Huh, noting. <laughs> it's worth noting that this this is sort of the professional cousin to the more consumery Galaxy S line. So it's got a stylus, the S Pen or the Spen, as I think we. We like to colloquially call. call it. Yes. Um, it's got some cool features. It's got integration with Microsoft Office now, which synchronizes message alerts between phone and PC. It's got this um, this quite handy handwriting to text tool as well. So you, you scribble your notes down. It turns it into text. But even if you've written in different colors, like the color will translate, and then that translates into, I think, my office, like Microsoft OneNote, something like that. It's quite a nice system, and there's these air gestures as well. You can, mm. like, um, you can if if the phone is at a distance, you can use the stylus, the the spen, to like you rotate it sort of clockwise. Yeah, and it zooms in, and yeah. you do it, you know, anti-clockwise or counterclockwise to our American friends. That is, zooms it seemed complete, completely useless. It seemed completely pointless. <clears throat> Another seemingly completely pointless but fun feature that I tried out <clears throat> is I had the the front-facing camera pointing towards me. Mm. So my like I was taking a selfie and I wrote something I wrote loser on my forehead and as I move my head around the words move with me. Oh that's quite good. Which I couldn't think of a real 
like an amazing use for at the time. But well, exactly it, that aspect. But, but it did work, and yeah. it was it was effective. So I could I could see that. Um, they got rid of the headphone socket. Yes, which uh, Stephen Huxtable uh, mentioned uh, in chat room. I'm afraid, uh, Stephen, you're you're wrong. It hasn't got a headphone jack. They got rid of it. There is USB C, so they followed Apple's suit three years after. Um, and I, do, I was well. At, I'm not, well so the, this is the. I was at the launch. I think it was in New York, actually. Of um, it may have been the Galaxy S seven or eight. I think it was. It was about 2016 when they kind of teased Apple on stage for the, their phone having yeah. a headphone socket. When happens Apple every time. Just got rid of it. Happens every time. Happens with uh, Google. Yeah. They what do they do? They they they, they mocked Apple, didn't they, for having. I think it was a headphone jack again. I don't know. They're all as bad as each other, in my <clears throat> yeah. opinion. Uh, Stephen says he was joking. Um, uh, we, of course, we 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 know that. Um, but um, but anyway, in, otherwise, in the hand, it just feels like a very very massive phone. Yeah, it's just it's all one gigantic screen. Like they're getting more and more edge to edge with every. Iteration. But it does have that ghastly camera cutout thing, doesn't it? It does, but it's not as. So this one is. It's a just circular. It's a little circular hole punch in the middle at yeah. the top. It's far less egregious, I think, than the no, the Galaxy S10. Right, because that's a double hole, isn't it? On depending on the device you have, one of them single, one of them on the bigger one yeah it's a double hole and it's in the top right yeah but you can turn that into bender from futurama you can get like a little wallpaper that's basically puts <sighs> can you has really? bender's eyes at the top yeah there's all sorts of things you can do with that like a uh, wally i think and i've seen that's, all sorts that's quite cool. i mean so that's quite good and there are there are apps on there to to make those um things light up around the edge so you can do some quite cool oh, okay. stuff with them. They, people had made them into features when it first came out. I know Apple got very cross for people that released apps that tried to mask the notch on the iPhone. But isn't notch masking kind of a thing that Apple does? Because when well, you're... it did on it. If you actually look at the marketing images it... for the original iPhone, in fact, Ian still got it as yeah. his default background. It's th- they positioned the... black at the top, so you can't see. So you it. can't see. It. And if you look in the marketing materials for an iPhone online, the background, the wallpaper, it doesn't look like there's a notch. No. But, but I think it's disingenuous. But then you put it on the, the a really... white thing, and it's very obviously there. But it doesn't bother me. The notch has never really bothered me because I've got used to it. Well, the, the thing is that the it's. I think the notch would bother me if it was just a camera. I mean, because I could actually live without a camera on the front of my phone, genuinely. I mean, Yeah, me too, actually. Know. And I think there's probably a better way of doing a selfie like that that could just be done through technology that would make it... Well, Samsung is working on a type of display where a camera can be concealed underneath the, the mm. OLED panel. Yes, but it won't be... It won't be a... It, it will be concealed, but it won't be completely... It won't be like having a screen. It'll be... A, Why won't it? Because it's it has to be able to see through it. So it will be, you will still be able to notice that there is something there. It'll be lower resolution. Uh, than for the now. They did it with sure. fingerprint sensors. It took ages, but they got there. No, and I, I know. But I mean, with that, with the with certain phones, the iPhone being an example of it, there is a lot more in that bar, the, the notch, than there. Yes. You know, you've got the headphone... Uh, thing there, you've got the uh, the face ID. Face ID, I find a lot more usable than fingerprint scanners. I, I I really like being able to log into my phone just by looking at it. It's one of those things that you probably wouldn't have thought would be a major change when it happened, but actually it it makes your life a lot better. It does for a lot of people, but I have to say, you know, a friend, of course, Daily Tech News Show across the pond, mm. Sarah Lane, our, our sister host. Um, if you like, she, I know for a fact that she does not like Face ID. She prefers the thumbprint, so it's Fair definitely enough. not for everyone. No, that's fine. I mean, I, I, you know, each each to their own. Everyone has their preferences. Um, 
I genuinely, I did, I, I did, I did used to like uh, the fingerprint scanners on phones because. Um, you obviously you it, it gives you a little bit more control, I suppose, because when you look at an iPhone, it does unlock. So if some if you were to look at it and then someone snatched it off you, that would be slightly less secure, perhaps. But I guess the same is true of a fingerprint scanner. Uh, but having a button was always quite nice, I guess. But let's take it back to the Note 10 and my my hands on. I did like it a great deal. It is beautiful. Um, it's and and it's insanely powerful. It's it's this. All singing, all singing, dancing thing with cool features that I think a lot of people will actually use. One of them I tried out that I really liked is if you zoom in, if you're shooting a video on the rear camera and you zoom into somebody at a distance, you know, maybe someone having a conversation or, or, you know, I don't know, maybe you're spying on someone getting undressed. I don't know. Right. Um, I, I wasn't trying that Is out. this the, the supplied Samsung use case for it? No, I was doing this in Samsung's King's Cross experience store thing and um, there was nobody getting undressed there certainly not that i saw and uh, but if you zoom into it the audio zooms in as well so it's blocking out less of that ambient sound around <clears> you and actually I th- it's the kind of thing that if you imagine doing it a live concert yeah. at a gig it could be quite beneficial it, there is that is such not a new feature i can barely articulate how long ago camcorders were doing that really yes zooming microphones date from the 80s this is not a new thing. Well, everyone loves the 80s. It's all Stranger Things. I know, and... but it's, it just makes me laugh that, you know, Samsung comes along with technology which isn't new and everyone loses their mind. But that's what Apple does. Apple didn't invent the mouse. It didn't invent the graphical user interface. No, it didn't invent sure. the phone. It didn't invent no, any no, no, of the I'm... things that it does well. No. But it made them better. Well, yes. And if this Samsung feature is better than a 1980s SVHSC camcorder, then I'm all for it. It is. It records in 4K at 60 frames a second. Well, and okay. well, right. this feature works well. No one's... No, and knowledge. if it works well, then, you know, the devil is in the detail, right? Samsung... So. The, in my test, it worked. It worked well. It's effective. So credit to Samsung. They made yeah, something. Great. They made something that existed better. Yes, but no. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. In I'm, my opinion, I just, I just wanted people to be aware that I remember the fact that that is not a new feature. Well, this is. So this is. I mean, this kind of gets a, the, the main point I wanted to have about this, which is what I couldn't get away from, which is that it's basically. Yeah. It's the same problem I had with the most recent iPhones, right? They are slabs of glass and aluminium mm-hmm. in a device that costs about, well, it costs a thousand pounds. Yes, minimum. I think the cheapest one, the smallest entry level one of these, is £899. Yeah. So it's the best part of a thousand quid, right? Upwards. Yes. Same as iPhones, like they're, same as the, the, you know, the top end Huawei's, they're all the same. There's nothing. There's enough here to have a conversation about. But why would you upgrade if you had the Galaxy? If you had the Samsung Galaxy Note Nine, and someone said, "Should I upgrade to this?" I'd say probably not. No. If you had an iPhone, is this going to get you to switch? No. no. If you if you've already got a Samsung Galaxy Note Nine and you're looking at the new iPhones, is there enough there to switch? I don't think so. No. Because they're all basically the same. They're all basically fine. But things have slowed. I mean, it was it was almost inevitable, wasn't it? Like you know, it, it, you, you could not have carried on with a momentous pace forward marching technology brought us. <laughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, we had to. It was always going to be like this. And until they invent something else, yeah. it will be. Well, Pangolin Sandwich in chat says uh, she does miss her spen because she, I, I think she was used, a note user, wasn't she? Was a note user, now a Galaxy S, uh, a, a Sten user, S10. She had, oh, she says 
she had a Note 8. Yes. In there, which, now this was interesting at the time, uh, Samsung, the Note 8, not even the first product Samsung had called the Note 8. Yes, I remember. Do you remember? They had I a, do, and a, I've got photos of the original Note 8. Which was like a tablet. A tablet an 8-inch eight eight tab- tablet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ridiculous. I seem to remember pointing this out somewhere very cleverly, because obviously Did you? I'm old now, so I've got <clears throat> photos dating back 10 years. So well, you can... must, you're very old, mate. But I'll be <clears> honest, <throat> mate, 41 you are, I believe. I Sorry. There was no need to tell everyone that. I bet there are people who are 31 who also have photos that are 10 years old. Well, I'm sure there are. I, my point was, I've been around in this industry a while. I reckon there are 10-year-olds who have photos that are 10 years old, because the way things are going, they're probably taking selfies in the womb. Probably. They're probably well, called you, woomies. You, you, do, you, you do get a photo from the womb. I mean, not in the womb. Mate, you can get 3D videos. Yes, you can. You know, some beautiful friends of ours once showed us a video of their son unborn in the womb. I am which sorry, is amazing. I have not got the time or the money for that kind of uh, carry-on. They're oh. expensive. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, have you just emerged from the birth canal after having... This is awful, isn't it? No, it's going nowhere fast. Taking a selfie, uh, blah, blah, blah. But would you buy a Samsung Galaxy Note 10 based on what you've seen, based on what you've heard? Let us know. Hello at uktechshow.com. Text message, of course, keeps you informed about the British tech landscape and opinions that are of interest to British ears. But let's check in with our friends over at Daily Tech News Show in the US and hear what's been going on in the wider world of tech over the last week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we discussed Cloudflare's decision to terminate services to 8chan, looked at Google's pledge to use more recycled materials in its hardware, had mostly favorable impressions of the new Samsung Galaxy Note, shook our heads a bit at Twitter, and this weekend had two special interviews on the legal aspects of the Libra cryptocurrency and why an enthusiastic Ring doorbell owner is less enthusiastic about Ring's cooperation with the police. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom, very much. It's good to have you back in our ears. Um, and uh, thanks again to our patrons for supporting us every week. You can join them. Patreon.com forward slash UK Tech. They're going to get extra message. Our sister show once again from this week onwards, which is back. Now we're back. And uh, hope that you do. Yes. And send us comments. It's hello at UKTechShow.com. And follow us on Twitter at TextMessagePod to keep up to date with the most important UK technology news through the week. And thanks to everyone listening to us on our free ad-supported feed. If you have a minute to review us on iTunes, we love it very much indeed. And it's the best way of supporting us without spending any money. It certainly is. And we're very glad to be back in your ears after a little break. Yes, we are. We are, aren't we? we uh, are. So from me, Nate Langson, And me, Ian Morris. See you next week. 